The leaves have already started to turn. It is so pretty. Fall is here. Welcome to Tiwikio. I live in one room with a good view of a wall. I make cups of tea and wander in the hall. I sit on my bed and cut my fingernails. I try on a shirt that I bought as a jungle set. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good whenever you happen to be listening. Welcome to Tiwi Kiho. I'm Kiho. And you are you. And my tea is right next to me. And my glasses are not on my face. And I have a pen to my left. And my watch to my right. And I'm just telling you everything I see. How you doing? So, uh, we are getting near Halloween. I mean, we're still in September. But, you know, I said I was going to do a reading of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven for Halloween. So, unlike most of Tea with Kehoe, that one will not be live. That one will be pre-recorded. I'm going to a friend's house who has a uh, self-made little studio, and we're going to record me doing The Raven. Because I want it to sound professional. I want it to sound good. I want it to sound, you know... Legit. Not that this doesn't sound legit, but I, I truly believe this lacks the technical um, prowess or the technical skill of a real studio. And uh, yeah, I have a microphone and some things going, but it's not the same thing. You know, I still basically use my phone for most of it. And until I can get a better computer here... I really can't have a proper in-home little studio for myself because it just won't work. I need to upgrade what I have because it just cannot handle what I want it to do. And that's how technology works. I mean, it's amazing that the technology is there to use. It's just now making it possible to use for myself and I'm in the process of making that all happen but you know I gotta get myself uh, a better car a car you know I gotta get some bills paid you know we got taxes due and all t- all types of crazy things coming up uh, financially that makes it tough to spend money on a laptop that I would only use for this or mostly for this I know I would use it for other things but I want it for this. And right now, this, I cannot spend more money on. And, or any money on. I'm doing it all, you know, as is. Because that's how I run. But through the kindness of a friend, we are going to record the Raven and make it sound really, really, really good. And that is my pledge to you. (laughs) So, uh, that's what's going on with um, me and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what's going on with you? Well, that's nice, nice, good, good. Really? I didn't think that was possible. You can bend that way? Wow. 
No. No, I don't. I don't want nipple clamps, but I mean, hey, that is you. That no worries about. So thank you for all that. Thanks, folks. Uh, some good feedback there. It's good to know. Mm. Having a sip. Oh, that, 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 that's that's like two steps below perfect, but really damn good. Oh, mm. sometimes I make it right. Yeah, sometimes I don't. So in uh, preparation for the reading of The Raven, I have uh, been reading lyrics and songs, uh, which I feel are appropriate and are fun for me. And the first week were The Misfits, and the second week were The Cramps. And now on week three, <coughs> excuse me, on week three, uh, we're still lyrics, but something sort of different. Um, in the song Thriller, at the very end, Vincent Price has a uh, couple of things he says. And I'm going to read that in a Vincent E. Pricey sort of way, I think. And uh, the other one that I'm going to read today is from the Moody Blues. And it comes from the album Days of Future Past, which on that album is Nights in White Satin. And anyone of my generation, my age, I'm going to say anyone between, you know, it's tough to gauge like when to stop or when to begin, but anyone within 10 years of either side of me. So from 60 to 40, uh, I think absolutely would know this song, uh, Nights in White Satin. And at the very end, the extended mix that you would only hear maybe on the, you know, FM stations late at night or something like that. But it's on the record, you know, you buy the CD, you know, you hear it all the time when you play it. It has this poem at the end that um, I've always enjoyed. And then at the end, there's a big gong. I don't have a gong. I wish I did. Um, maybe I'll find something for it. <laughs> um, but on the album, in the beginning of the record, there is... A part of the poem which is very rarely heard unless you listen to the album in its entirety or that song in its entirety you don't know of this these first two or first three verses um, I should say there's uh, one of them is very short you know one line basically two lines basically but uh, people are unfamiliar with that so I'm gonna read the whole thing and I think that'll be fun. So uh, I don't actually know the name of that poem. Uh, I believe it's a poem. I don't think the band wrote it. I believe it is something someone else wrote. And uh, in the uh, transition time between, you know, because what I have done re recently, I think you all know, is I've been taking these cut breaks, um, not running a full hour uninterrupted like I have or a full half hour un, uninterrupted as I have I've been doing more segments the segments are uninterrupted and they go as long as I need them to or do what I want but I've been doing it more in segments and I think that has worked for me I don't know if it's worked for you please let me know send me some feedback hit me up on uh 
the Tea with Kehoe Facebook page and uh, look for it. You know, tell me there. Tell me what you're thinking. And uh, we'll go from there. So um, I'm going to find out the name of uh, the writer because I think that's possible. And I should be able to do that. And I should have done that beforehand. But, you know, doing what I do and just didn't do it. So, hey. Uh, so also big news going on one second taking a sip big news very current this is a uh, this uh, this week only sort of thing Uh, this week only we have Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Transit Drive-In on September 26th at 9.30 p.m. Now, before that, at 7.30 p.m., the double feature starts with A Little Shop of Horrors. And then the double feature ends with Rocky Horror. And get your tickets through transitdriving.com and come out and see it. And if you're listening to this post-September 26th, uh, Check out next week's show for uh, my review, my comments, my take from the night. Because, of course, I will have something to say about it. And uh, it should be fun. And I might even do some recording for the show there with some of the cast. So that might even be fun. I just thought of that. Like, right the fuck now. Just thought of, I can do this there. I can talk to uh, our cast members for the show. And I think maybe next week will be a lot of uh, the Rocky Horror Show, Rocky Horror Picture Show, on podcast or the Rocky Horror Podcast Show for one week about what we did. I think that'll be fun. And I'll probably still do a reading or two. But that's what's going to be happening. So uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. We weren't going to be able to do it at the Riviera Theater like we have for the past 12 years. I mean, I've been doing it since 2007. Um we were doing like the dates check and um, our criminologist has been with us for, I believe, eight years now. Our Brad and Janet has been with us for six, uh, five and six years respectively. And uh, everyone else is in a couple years right now. So it is one of those joys and loves of my life. I did it when I was 19 and 20 at the Amherst Theater. I was Frankenfurter for the 15th year anniversary show. We did it in the big room. Like the Amherst, I believe, had two theaters. One was a small size and the other one was big and it had like a little stage on top. And we got to go on the stage because normally we were just in front of the screen on the floor. But because of the big event, they gave us the stage and it was fantastic. And uh, this coming production will be uh, the 45th anniversary of Rocky Horror and I'm playing Frank again and it's and I, I did it for the 35th you know so I've been Frank for 15th 35th and now 45th I I wasn't doing Rocky Horror um, I wasn't doing Rocky Horror um, for a while I took a break from it uh, just because of life. I got married, had kids, and was just doing so so much of the, the 
family thing that uh, I didn't have the chance. Uh, but then when I got divorced, it it was an option. And eventually I found my way into another cast through the Arts Council in 2007. Um, June, they did a production at the Market Arcade. And I played Brad, not my typical role, but they already had a Frank. And when I had the ability to, like, uh, let me stop right there and go back. So after we did that production, I was still really jazzed about it and had a great time. And uh, my comedy sports group that I've been involved with since, you know, 2004, we had moved from the Commons Cafe and we were u- utilizing the Riviera Theater on when or on Sunday nights when they had nothing going on. Otherwise, we were at the upstairs room at a bar next door called Dwyer's. And we were in transition between our space where we have been now for, ooh, I think, almost 11 years, maybe 10, 11 years. And um, the Cowboys Cafe, we were doing it there. And the one night they put up the poster for Rocky Horror, and I asked the uh, manager of the, of the theater, who does your floor show? And he was like, what's the floor show? And I explained what it was, and he's like, yes, that's, that, that's exactly what we want. We don't have that. And I said, I can bring you that. I can provide you that. And it was just, you know, good timing, good placement. Um, I knew the manager for, he was in the, in the comedy sports group at the time. So there was a good connection. We had a good, you know, and we did it. And I pulled a bunch of the cast from the June show. I didn't invite or ask the Frank to come back because that's, you know, to me, that's my, you know, my role. So I wanted to do Frank again. And so we brought the cast in. We rented some costumes that the guy, um, that one of the cast members who worked uh, for DC Theatrics, he had made um, for that show or and for uh, other stage productions of the show. So we rented those costumes and rented them for years and years and years until now we've acquired all the, all the costumes we need. We're no longer renting. We are providing our own thing, which is great. Um, so what... Uh, lost my train of thought. So anyway, I apologize. Oof, 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 oof. Um, so I've been doing it there now for... 12 years, this would have been 13. And we can't do it there this year, unfortunately, because, you know, we all know COVID. And we weren't going to do it at all. And we were very, you know, sort of bummed out. But then there was a uh, request put out by the transit drive-in looking for, you know, does anyone know how to do that shadow cast thing? And, um, I responded with, uh, yeah, uh, we do. And we talked, we met, and now that was like last week. I think I mentioned it last week that we were doing it. Uh, now it's, you know, this week we've had one practice. We're doing one more tonight. We, you know, 
It's a rush job for us, but we've been doing this for a long time. We all know it. We just need to brush up on it real quick before we hop on the stage. And that's, you know, there's no worries there. And there's no fear in that. Um, it's now excitement about doing the show we all love to do and doing it um, when we weren't expected to. is sort of fun. So... Um, that is a little rundown of my history with Rocky Horror. That was 2007 when I started it at the Riviera. And every year since, it's grown and gotten bigger. Um, that first year there, it wasn't a full house. There was, you know, maybe about 300 people in the house. And within two or three years, between the shadow cast, the burlesque, the uh, drag show, the costume contest... All the things that we collectively brought, you know, uh, each of us, you know, the glorious uh, ladies of drag, or I, I forget their exact name, and Jamie Cox, please don't be mad at me. Um, but they brought energy and fun and kick assness to the show. The burlesque, they brought. Uh, the sexy and the, uh, you know, wacky and funny. And, you know, they kicked ass. And then we brought the sexy, the funny, the crazy, the weird. We brought the kick-assness. So I think we all kicked ass. And we all came together and made this event what it is. And it's a shame that we don't get that event this year. I think everyone really enjoys it. And I'm going to look real quick because as of yesterday, and uh, we were um, sharing our uh, show announcements on our Facebook page for Rocky Horror. That is the Facebook page, uh, The Francis Bacon Experiment. Look for that on Facebook. And we have been sharing our, you know, amongst us and other people have been sharing it. And I, you know, I typically see on Tea with Kehoe and things like this that a post of mine has reached 60 people, maybe 30 people. You know, a big day for me is 100 plus is like really cool to see um, who is, you know, sharing it and who's seeing it. Well, We shared this one um, about tickets on sale now and for um, the movie, The Drive-In. And it has been seen now, it's jumped by almost 3,000 to 14,033 reaches. So that means it hit their page or their wall and they scrolled by it probably, hopefully. But 14,000 Tea with Kehoe at its best. Here, I'm I'm scrolling through it now because I can, because that's what we the technology is. Okay, here's 186, but that is from last year. Uh, my initial post about what the show is all about. So, but like last week's show, it reached 20, 21 people. Uh, the show, the one before that, reached 26 reach 30. So I'm typically in that 30, the 25 to 30 range. It appears to be 25, 33, uh, three, 
386, but that was because I did a a meme post. Maybe I got to do more meme posts. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Because just post about my shows, stay in the 20s. Post about these memes, go in the 300s. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. Did people share that? Uh, Did people do more with that? I don't know. It's, it's weird. I didn't boost it. I didn't do anything about it. It's just the way it is. So, I don't know. Don't know how to manipulate those numbers other than just doing it. So, 14,000, though, have you know reached with that announcement for our show. I believe capacity is going to be like 150, and the number of you know, like cars and or something like that. And it's much, you know, it's like half or less than half maybe of what they typically could put in that space. So everything's going to be socially distanced. Everything is going to be done, you know, in the best way possible. We are on a elevated stage. There are railings and stairways. So we're, you know, feel pretty safe up there. Um, but it's just going to be a different experience. Weather supposed to be in the low 60s. I think we'll be okay. It's going to be a good night. And if this goes well, as I hope it will, and I think it will, uh, we may be doing a summertime version of this in July next year as maybe something as a regular. And we'll go for, and we'll just, you know, if we can do uh, do two shows a year, you know, that'd be fun. Because once a year is, I mean, the Rib is a huge show, 1,100 people. A th- you know, a thousand. Let to, 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 I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly the numbers when they uh, that you know what's considered a sellout, but I know it seats eleven hundred. Uh, it looks like they fill the whole damn place. I know they take a couple rows out in the front for us, so that loses a little bit. So, but I mean, over a thousand people. That's the biggest crowds I ever performed in front of. You know, when I get that microphone and talk to you out there it is you know that's the closest that I get to you know being that you know famous comedian with the full house listening to me or that famous entertainer I mean fame is you know not necessarily what I'm going for in life but um, just you know I've always dreamed of being a stand-up comedian that you know toured around and did, you know, my comedy. And that was from when I was a, a kid. I wanted to do that. And I still, I, if you look on my phone now, I've got in my notes, it is the longest notes I've ever written, you know, I have in there. And it's my stand-up ideas. I'm still writing them. I still have them. And after this pandemic has passed, um, the realization of, you know, if you don't do it, now you're never gonna do it so there's nothing to say I can't start at 50 and have a stand-up life I mean I don't want to be touring the country I don't want to be doing that kind of but if I could locally you know I mean I, I, I actually don't know if it's even possible to become a touring comedian you know in a real sense of the word and make a living at it there's I, I that's not possible and you know I don't think it is I mean it's no it's possible 
I but I have to have a regular job and I got to do everything and then make the comedy work when I can and then you you work your way up to that you know who knows that's really not my big concern if I can go out and locally make people laugh that's what I would like to do you know if I can make people happy that's what I want to do and I don't know if you know you know, I'm already defeating myself by saying there's no way this can happen. There's no way it really works uh, because, you know, there's too much involved to come from Buffalo to become a, you know, big time comedian without doing, you know, doing nothing else but. And I don't, I'm, I'm not going to just change my life completely and try to become a professional stand-up comedian. I'm going to tweak my nights once it's all possible and a couple nights a month, you know, three or four nights a month, I go out and do some stand-up maybe. Uh, For me, to make me laugh, to make you laugh, to have a good night. That's, you know, so... In the stand-up realm, you know, that's where I wouldn't mind plying my wares and becoming, you know, a local performing comedian. Nothing fancy, nothing crazy. Uh, Do some uh, openings for maybe some people at Helium at some point. Or, you know, just have a regular gig at an open mic and just have fun and be stupid. And that's maybe just all I need. So, I don't know how I got into this tangent, and that's the beauty of it all. But here I am at the end of it, and I don't know where to go from here. So what I'm going to do is take a sip of my tea. Mm, 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 mm. That is tasty motherfucking tea. And I think now might be a good time to read some um, read some uh, lyrics or poems or parts from songs. Um, so I'm gonna wrap up here. I'm gonna prepare my uh, my sheet because I I don't memorize them. I have them written down my scripts. And uh, first. I believe first I will do the uh, Vincent Price. So, Todd, you know a bit. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know why I say, say that. Uh, because for me, it might take me five, ten minutes to get ready and uh, start doing it. For you, it's just instantaneous, basically. I'm going to have a little bit of a, a uh, in-between, like a little, little nugget of something. I don't know what you call it. Uh, Interlude. I forget the technical term. I should learn terms and terminology. That'd be fun. Or just use my own, which is what I like. So there'll be that like little break. And in that break, uh, immediately fo- fo- following is there. So it's not like it's see you later and you got to wait a half hour. It's eight seconds maybe. So uh, <laughs> coming up next, Vincent Price's End to Thriller. Yeah, that should be fun. I like the number seven. I think it would be better understood if it was placed between 11 and 12.
And here's my reading of Vincent Price at the end of Thriller. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whomsoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years. And grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. <laughs> So I checked it out, and this is a poem, two parts, written by Graham Edge, the drummer from the Moody Blues. First three verses are called Morning Glory. The last three, which we all know from Nights and White Satin, is called Late Lament. So it starts off with Morning Glory and Late Lament, both written by Graham Greene. All right, so I wanted to give you that before we started. Here is my reading of Morning Glory and Late Lament. Cold-hearted orb that rules the night, removes the colors from our sight. Red is gray and yellow white, but we decide which is right and which is an illusion. Pinprick holes in a colorless sky, let insipid flickers of light pass by. The mighty light of ten thousand suns challenges infinity and is soon gone. Nighttime, to some a brief interlude, to others the fear of solitude. Brave Helios, wake up your steeds, bring the warmth the countryside needs. Breathe deep. The gathering gloom. Watch lights fade from every room. Bedsitter people look back and lament. Another day's useless energy spent. Impassioned lovers wrestle as one. Lonely men cry for love and has none. New mother picks up and suckles her son. Senior citizens wish they were young. Cold-hearted orb that rules the night. Removes the colors from our sight. Red is gray and yellow white. But we decide which is right. And which is an illusion. I have a feeling that I have to smile. Well, thank you again for listening to Tea with Kehoe. I really appreciate it. I know this is coming out a day late, but ah, what the hell? You know how things go. Life is crazy. This year especially. So, at least I got a show this week. It's a day late, but non dollars short. Packed with goodness all the way through. Hope you enjoyed it. You go about your day. Try and be kind to someone. 
that's all I can ask. I keep asking it every week. Be kind. And uh, I hope you do. I'm trying. Please try. It's all we can do. Let's try. It's not about the tea. It's about the time spent. And I appreciate you spending your time with me. I always do. Have a great week. If I get the chance to see you at Rocky Horror on Saturday night, I'll see you there. If not, talk to you next week. Love you all. Have a great time. And uh, welcome to fall. Oh, the leaves are changing. It is so pretty. Going to take a ride out into the country this week. See how it looks. Till then, love you. Bye.